Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of maker moms and the life they lead. Each week I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new maker mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at makermompodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Maker Mom podcast. Today's guest is Ashley with Handmade with Ashley. Uh, Ashley is such a cool maker. Not only does she do woodworking, she also does some 3D printing. She's also going to be getting into uh, CNC over the next year. So super excited that I get to have her on the show and talk about all kinds of things of making and adjusting with adding baby number two to the family. But before I let you guys go ahead and jump on into the episode, I am super excited to give my very first patron shout out to Ethan Carter. Thank you, Ethan, for becoming the first patron of the Maker Mom podcast on Patreon. And if you would like to become a patron and get your very own shout out, for the Maker Mom podcast, you can visit Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Maker Mom podcast. Um, there are definitely some fun things that will be coming exclusive for patrons, things such as uh, guest recommendations you might have, certain questions you want to ask your favorite Maker Mom, um, and all sorts of things that will probably be coming up in the next, uh, in the new year here in 2019. So don't miss out on your chance. And of course, every new patron gets their very own shout out at the beginning of uh, the next episode after they join. So with no further ado, I will let you guys get to listening to Ashley with Handmade with Ashley. Why don't we start with, can you give a brief introduction about yourself? Okay. Um, so my name is Ashley. I, uh, I'm a mom of two kids. I have a four-year-old boy and a six-month-old girl. And uh, I live in North Alabama with my husband and cat. <laughs> and uh, I'm a working mom. So like my day job, uh, I'm a software engineer. And um, yeah, I, I like woodworking and 3D printing and crocheting. I'm kind of all over the place with what I like to do. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm actually, you know, really excited to have you on the podcast because you're um, so well versed in so many different things. It's, you know, it's not like you do just woodworking or just metalworking or um, so I appreciate that. And um, don't mind me if I get into a bunch of questions just because I'm intrigued by what you do. Okay. <laughs> um, so you mentioned you have two kids, four, mm-hmm. four and six months. Mm-hmm. So definitely still in the thick of it for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh no, I reset everything. Cause like my four year old was starting to get easy. You know, we can, mm-hmm. he's getting more independent and now it's like, okay, now let's reset everything. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I found that too. When, um, 
my second, my daughter came along as well. Like it took, it felt like we had finally found like the new normal with our first and things were kind of smooth running. And then you add another one into the mix and it takes a bit of time to find that new normal again. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's kind of step back a bit. What was your childhood like? Um, Did you get to be creative as a kid? Yeah. um, Like as a kid, like my, one of my favorite things to do was drawing. I really enjoyed drawing and artwork and stuff like that. And so that's kind of how like I started getting into making things was just through artwork. And then that turned into crocheting and then that turned into woodworking. Were there people who were influential in your life and kind of helping you discover those? Uh, with artwork? I, not really. I just kind of, I guess, I didn't really have like, yeah, not really. I wanted to like be like an artist, but my mom discouraged that. She's like, no, you can't make money off of that. So, so kind of the opposite, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my mom was the same way. Told me there was no money to be made in in art. Um, So she pushed the sciences. And it sounds like maybe your family did as well if you're a software engineer. Yeah, yeah. Um, So like I actually got into software engineering mostly because I love I'm a huge gamer. And I I love video games. And so when I was young, like in high school, I was like, hey, I wonder what goes into making a video game. And so that's how I got into uh, software engineering. I don't actually make games though, but that's how I got into it. I was just going to ask that if you get to have the fun job of actually designing video games. No, it's just boring, boring desktop (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Um, But do you find there's an overlap at all between the day job and then um, what you do as a maker? Uh, I mean, kind of. I mean, because like writing software is kind of a form of making and um, I guess it, it kind of helps, like, having that technical background for, like, 3D printing and stuff like that and, like, 3D modeling. Um, but I'm not very good at 3D modeling, but that's my goal for 2019 is, like, to get better at it. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's about, there's not a whole lot. I guess one of the reasons I like got into part of one of the reasons I got into woodworking was because uh, I wanted a, ho- a hobby outside of uh, staring at a screen all day, and so it's kind of in some ways it's a nice contrast because I like I actually get to just work in the physical world instead of digital. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, uh, definitely with your day job, it's probably all screen all the time for the yeah, most part. <laughs> pretty much. Um, so. You mentioned, you know, things like CNC and 3D printing. Do you have a 3D printer? And I do. Uh, it's actually running right now. But yes, I have a 3D <laughs> printer, and uh, um, and I, I love it. It's so much fun. I uh, I almost have that thing running 24/7. Not quite, but yes, it, it is running almost every day. Awesome. Um, what's your favorite stuff to make with the 3D printer? Um, I, I really like making tools for woodworking. Like I have a lot of fun printing stuff like that. And like most of the things that I find, I find the models online cause I'm not very good at designing my own, but, um, but yeah, uh, there's a lot of really cool models out there to 
help with woodworking. And so I have a lot of fun 3D printing those. But then also, um, so like I, I, uh, I play Dungeons and Dragons. And so I've been using my printer a lot for like printing terrain for the game or like miniatures and stuff like that. So, uh, so that's probably actually I have more fun printing accessories for tabletop gaming than I do with woodworking. But I enjoy both. But yeah, that's those are the primary things I'm using my printer for. But right now I'm actually printing uh, uh, presents actually for my dad. Uh, there's like this the really cool transmission model, and my dad likes working for cars. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna print him that. So that is almost done. But yeah. That's that's super cool. Um, I've been intrigued by the 3D printers for a long time. In fact, um, I don't know if a home one would do it for me, but like their local university to me has a 3D printing lab in it with um, with 3D printers with with much larger working envelopes. And I've been intrigued by the idea of printing um, molds for stuff. So oh, we'll have yeah. to see if I take that leap this year or not. But like you, I'm a little, little hesitant with, I, I am comfortable with modeling, but uh, 3D modeling, uh, but I haven't gotten into the stuff like um, the, the Fusion 360. And oh, I have yeah, a yeah. feeling that that's what would be, that level of skills probably what would be needed uh, to do the, to make the molds that I want to make. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how long have you been a maker and how did you kind of get your start from that trans, uh, transition between, you know, drawing to crocheting to woodworking? So I probably got really into crocheting like my senior year of high school and throughout college. And then when I uh, got my house, uh, that's when I got interested in woodworking because I found Anna White's website and all of her like free plans on woodworking and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I need a dining room table. And I was like, oh, I'll build my own because I'll be so much cheaper than buying one at like uh, Party Barn. And my first dining room table was an epic failure. But um, but I, I, I liked the hobby enough to stay into it. So. I mean, I still have the table, but I cringe every time I look at it because I'm like, oh, this is so awful. So one day, soon, hopefully, I'm going to rebuild it. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got into woodworking. It was just, I just wanted to build stuff in my house. But now I don't really build as much furniture as just, I kind of stick more towards like the smaller projects just because uh, it's, it's harder to find the time to finish the big ones. Yeah, those big projects definitely, especially when it's kind of like the side hustle, right? You yeah. just don't. <laughs> There's a lot of other things that uh, get in the way of getting those big jobs completed. Yeah. That's why I like really like 3D printing now because it's like it's easier for me to do it because it, it, it's like once I download the model and like format it for the printer, then I just press a button and the printer does most of the work. So. What's it's, the my maker fix without uh, all the time? Right. Yep. What's your um, what's your working envelope on the three D printer you have? Uh, my working envelope, like um, like the the size limits, you know, of what oh, you can gotcha, make. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a good question. I. I don't know off the top of my head. I have a, a Prusa i3 MK2S, and I, I think it might be 
it might be like eight or nine inches, like maybe like an eight or nine inch cube that I can make. Okay. Off of that. Okay. Um, yeah. I think that might be it. Did you have to uh, assemble it all? I did. Um, actually, like I bought it September of last year and I didn't have it running until like June of this year. It okay. just sat in a box and it took a while to assemble. It's probably about maybe like at least a 10 hour build to put it all together. And I'm a huge procrastinator. So uh, it was uh, <laughs> a long time to finally get it assembled. Was it intimidating at all to, to have to put it together? Um, there were a couple steps that were really frustrating, but um, the instructions for it are pretty good. And um, it's just more tedious than, yeah, that was, that was mostly tedious. And like sometimes like I would build something and I would kind of like assume what the next step was and then I got it wrong and then have to like take it apart and redo it. But yeah, it's, it's mostly just tedious. Uh, that's the, yeah, that was very tedious. I think, like, I want to get a second printer, and part of me is like, because you could pay extra to get it pre-assembled, and it's, like, tempting, like, I think I just want to get it pre-assembled, so I don't have to, but then, like, the cost difference, it's like, okay, maybe I will just buy it uh, disassembled, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the procrastination. I have a uh, dust collector that needs to be assembled, and I know it won't take that much, but <clears throat> It's been sitting in my shop now for like three months <laughs> while I continue to stare and walk through like the piles of dust on the floor. So I, I'm telling myself once, you know, I am, I'm through with this week, kind of finishing up some uh, builds, you know, that people are waiting on, then, then I will dedicate time to not only putting that together, but making my shop clean at least until the next big build. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, looking, I know you have Instagram and you have a YouTube channel and it looks like you co-host a monthly contest on Instagram as well. Um, do you want to, can you talk a little bit about those? Um, oh, yeah. Um, so the, so we, I have, I run the Art of Geek Challenge with, uh, once a time a workbench and uh, geek smithing and it's like a monthly just for fun maker challenge and each month we have a new theme and uh and yeah it's, it's been a lot of fun seeing what people have created for the challenge um we usually get a lot of really amazing looking projects and stuff like that and it was just kind of we thought of it i forget how we even started it but um but yeah, it was just kind of like a cool way to like get together all the geeks on Instagram who like making things. And so uh, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I was checking out the um, people who entered for the Harry Potter one. Oh, yeah. That was November, right? I think yeah. that was November. And the one that made the um, the ball track, I thought that was like oh, yeah. that super was, awesome. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so when you got into, or when you kind of started getting into woodworking for uh, wanting to make that table, was that the first time that you picked up a tool? Uh, yeah, actually it was, because I went out and bought a circular saw for that project, and I remember 
using my saw and like I remember like opening it and like just giving over the instructions and then like all right I'm gonna cut something and then the I didn't have the saw like properly on the wood and it kicked back on me and I was scared of using my circular saw and I didn't use it further I just put it away and just bought some hand saws and so like some of the first things I built I did all my cuts with a hand saw because I was like oh no I don't want to cut my finger off but yeah, that that was uh, my first experience using power tools outside of like a power drill and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah. And so was, I mean, using those tools, was it all just basically on your own learning or? Um... Yeah, it was because I didn't really realize like, oh, there's stuff on YouTube that I can watch. So it's kind of just like, yeah, um, on my own learning. And then maybe, maybe two years ago, I took a class from like fundamentals of woodworking and it was like oh, mind blown. Like I, uh, I, I learned so much in that little two hour class and like I got over my fear of like using some of the power saws, like the table saw. Like I didn't even own a table saw until after that class and I'm like, okay, I feel confident enough about using this without cutting off a limb. So yeah, that was a really big help for me to overcome my fears of my saw. So yeah. That's that's awesome that I mean that you had that class that could yeah. help you get through that. Um, just out of curiosity, were you the only woman in that class? Uh, that's a good question. I don't remember. Okay, I so like I took a couple classes at this place, and I think for that fundamentals, I I was the only one in that class. But there's been other classes I've taken there that there might have been like another woman. Um, but yeah, that fundamentals was just like five of us, and like uh, four of them were other guys. And so, yeah, yeah. Was it intimidating at all to like walk into that? Um, um not really for me, but I'm kind of used to like. I'm kind of used to being in that situation uh, just because uh, like growing up, a lot of my hobbies were kind of like, well, I was mostly like a gamer growing up and usually it was hard for me to find other girl gamers. And like, even like my computer science degree is usually the girls were very rare. And so it's just kind of normal for me um, just to be in that kind of environment. Okay. Um, so, is there any part of this that you're hoping to make into a business um, so you're not doing the daytime job or do you think it will always stay kind of that side hustle, um, just creative outlet? Um, yeah, I mean, I, it would be cool to get this to a point where like, the hobby pays for itself. So like I wanted a new tool, then my hobby covered the cost of the tool. That that's that would be like my main goal, just to just to be able to buy new tools. Like but yeah, my, my hobby just be self sustaining and I can buy new tools without having to use my other paycheck kind of thing. Do you do uh any kind of commission work or um sales of the stuff that you make? Um not real. like sometimes I'll have like a friend ask me to make them something and I'll usually make them something but I don't really advertise that um most just because I just don't have I don't have a whole lot of time to get in the shop and so I don't like to spend that time doing like commission work because then it's kind of like no longer 
it's like a, a second job and I'm not ready. I don't, I guess right now it's just like, it's so hard to get in the shop that I don't want my shop time to feel like job time. That makes total sense. Um, just, you want to keep it as your own kind of outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So how do you manage being an active mom of two littles and getting in that shop time, maker time, and having a day job all at the same time? So like, uh, so for that, like my husband, he's a real big help. Usually like he knows that like I need my shop time or else I'll start getting really stir crazy. And so, but usually on the weeknights, I don't go out there mostly because now it's dark when I get off work and when the kids go to bed, then it's like cold, it's dark and cold. And so I just like, I don't really spend my weeknights in there. So it's usually the weekends and like the early part of the day that I, I can actually get out there. And so I usually get a few hours on the weekends just to myself. Um, kind of, yeah. So that's, that is, uh, it'll be, I guess it'll be a little easier when like my youngest is, uh, old enough to kind of play outside because like with her brother, I could still get shop time and he'd be nearby and, you know, he, he kind of knows the drill about being in the shop when I'm in the shop. So it'll be nice when like, I can kind of incorporate her into the hobby and then it'll be a little easier to, uh, uh, get my shop time in. Uh, does your does your oldest, your son, does he find it interest in what you do out there? Yeah, he he is uh, he is interested in it, and uh, he likes to uh, help me in areas that he can. Um, and he's always requesting that I build him something. He's like, "Mom, build me this toy." And so, so yeah, he uh, he is interested. So I, I hope. Uh, I hope to get him building his own things soon, but uh, he's kind of more into playing with his toys, but he does like spending a little time in there with me. So was he the the reason for the monster truck arena? Yeah, yes. That he requested yeah. it? <laughs> yes, yes, that was, because uh, we went to our first monster jam, and then uh, so ever, ever since then, he was like super into monster trucks. And I was like, oh, I should. And I'd always see him like just running his trucks in like a circle. And I'm like, oh, maybe I could build you something for that. Because he has a train table and a car table. So I'm like, why not monster truck arena? Yeah, I just, uh, I just watched your video on that. And that's pretty cool. I never knew there was such a thing as a hot foam knife before. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I found that really cool. Um, it seems like there'd be a lot of opportunities to use something like that. Yeah, I got, I actually got the idea to do that from, uh, my tabletop gaming. Like a lot of people who built terrain and stuff for like war gaming and yeah, they, they use foam for terrain pieces. And so that's kind of how I knew like, oh yeah, I can use insulation foam and cut it with the knife. And so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was super cool. My oldest is kind of getting out of the toy vehicle um, phase, I guess. But uh, uh, maybe, possibly, if my daughter starts to get into it, I might have to do okay. something similar. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite part about being a maker or just making in general? I guess my favorite part is just seeing something I made actually be used and like useful 
in the house and stuff like that. And it's just, I guess it's just really fun to like make something with my hands and yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it's just nice to express my creativity like that instead of just always being behind a screen and keyboard. So, yeah. All right. What's your favorite part about being a mom? That's an interesting question. I was like, um, what is my favorite part? Uh, well, I enjoy the snuggles and stuff. <laughs> um, I don't know, kids are just really, they're just fun. Um, they're so innocent and stuff, and it's just cute to see how they, uh, interact with the world and stuff. And I don't know, it's just, it's just fun watching them grow. Yes, it is. Um, I think it's really fun too to watch, especially when you have two or more, watch them interact with each other. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. When they're not fighting. Um, And your youngest isn't quite old enough yet for that fighting, which is good. (laughs) Right now she's a, she loves her brother and like he can make her crack out and laughing and just for doing like just the silliest things. So Mm -hmm. we're we're in a good time now, but I'm already hearing him like, Oh, she's touching me. So I'm like, It's coming. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. What would you say, um, besides your 3D printer, what's like your favorite tool to use? So my favorite tool would probably be my bandsaw. Like, um, that is, that is definitely my favorite power saw. And, uh, it was funny, like, when I first got it, I uh, I was very intimidated by it because I remember trying to install the bandsaw blade, and this was before I knew about, hey, I could just watch YouTube and learn these things. I, I was trying to install the bandsaw blade, and I really screwed up on, like, tensioning it, and then I, I had the door open to it, cut on the saw, and the blade went spinning off. And like off the bandsaw wheel, and it was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just not gonna touch this thing. And my bandsaw went unused for like two years until I went to uh, like the woodworking show, and then there was this guy named Alex Snodgrass, and he's like really famous for his bandsaw clinic. And like I watched his bandsaw clinic, and I was like, oh, wow, I've been doing the bandsaw wrong, and now I know how to do it. And ever since his clinic, you know, I've started using my bandsaw, and it's become my favorite tool. It definitely has a lot of versatility to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love resawing yeah. on it. And yeah, I just, I, I love the bandsaw. That's awesome. What, by chance, what brand of bandsaw do you have? Um, so I now have two. I have a, a Grizzly 14 inch, and that was my first one. And then I went and got like a little bench top one because I, I didn't like having to change blades between like if I was doing like a bandsaw box, I didn't, I was lazy. <laughs> so I, uh, I didn't want to change the blades. And so I got a little 10 inch Rikon and that's like my dedicated, okay, thin blade or yeah, mm-hmm. tiny blade, uh, bandsaw and my Grizzly's my resaw. So, so yeah. And I just want to say that's like brilliant idea. Um, because I've been like doing things I shouldn't be doing with a resaw blade on my bandsaw just because I don't want to change. The oh yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, 
I'm, yeah, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to get another 14 inch, but that was a hard no for my husband. He was like, he doesn't even understand why. He's like, why do you need two being salts? I'm like, I need it. Trust me on this. <laughs> yeah, another, I mean, those aren't cheap. The 14 inches are definitely not. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I have a 14 inch Laguna, um, which was like the biggest still is i think the biggest tool purchase i've ever made oh yeah the, the lagunas are like that's actually what i wanted to get was that for the 14 inch laguna for my next one and yeah they just like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah i've i don't even have a table saw in my shop i um uh, i managed to function saw wise just with a um 14 inch miter saw sliding miter saw and then the 14 inch bandsaw. Oh yeah. That gets me quite a ways. Yep. But I have a feeling a table saw is going to be on the list for new tools either next year or the year after that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just that whole time saving element. Yeah. To it. Yep. Yeah. I found mine some quick. I got a really incredible deal on it. Um, it was like a saw stop brand new in the box. It's the contractor one, and it was like five hundred dollars cheaper than me buying it um, brand new. That is a hell of a deal. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I saw that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get this. I mean, it was like, <laughs> get it this year, but then when I saw that, I was like, I can't pass this up. So yeah, yeah, I know that's that's part of the issue for me is I really, if I'm going to do a table saw, I really want to get the saw stop. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, I mean, the contractor saws even are, you know, probably what, like three times more expensive than any other yeah. contractor saw out yeah. there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're worth it, but still it's just one of those hard to pull yeah. the trigger. Yeah. Um, so have there been any challenges that you feel you've faced? Um, you know, being, being a female and, and kind of a maker in more of a traditionally male dominated field? Um, I guess I haven't really experienced a whole lot of negative things from it. I mean, sometimes uh, I can tell like, Sometimes if I'm in a store, like people will make assumptions that, you know, I'm here buying something for my husband because uh, I've had that happen a couple of times, but I haven't really had, um, that's probably just the, like the worst of it that I've personally experienced. Okay. And I would say you're absolutely not alone. <laughs> yeah. um, pretty much almost all of the maker moms that I've had on the podcast, that's the number one thing that usually comes up is is not necessarily from people within the craft or you know people you know, but just the people uh, uh, in the big box stores for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, what do you want your kiddos to learn from seeing you be a maker and do all of these fun different things? Um. I guess I just hope they can, uh, they'll see it and then they'll be, if they want something, you know, they'd be encouraged to try making it themselves. And, uh, 
not be afraid of failure because I feel like I've experienced fail on every project. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, I just hope that, you know, they, they start, Yeah, I guess I just really hope that they start making things with their own hands and like, you know, explore the world that way. And yeah, um, and I guess definitely the failure part. It's like, yeah, mommy fails all the time. <laughs> and, you know, you just try again. So, yeah. Uh, does your husband do any making also? Uh yeah, he does not. He is not. He's very intimidated by my saws, and yeah, he has no desire to. Uh, he has no desire to make. <laughs> he he's a gamer though, and that's where we share most of our common interests. But yeah, he is. Uh, he has no desire to make things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So, what would be your advice to a uh, mom? who wants to kind of get into some sort of making, but, you know, maybe a, be a little hesitant about it, what would be some words of wisdom you would give to her? Um, I guess I, I would just say just jump in and go for it. Um, and, you know, Yeah, because that's kind of how I got into it. I mean, I wasn't a mom at the time, but it was just like I saw it and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to try it. And I didn't know what to expect. So, yeah, just try it. And if you could take a class that teaches you the fundamentals, I highly recommend that because that really helped me overcome some of my fears that I had. Um, and YouTube, because I didn't do YouTube before I got into it. And there's a lot of really good content out there to help you learn how to use some tools properly. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that you uh, brought that class back up. I think it's sometimes it's key, especially if it's woodworking or even metalworking or something that requires, um, you know, tools of some sort that there could be a level of fear there um, to get over before yeah. going into it. Um, outside of that class, do you feel like there was anything else that kind of helped you, uh, you know, say, I can, I can do this, I got this? I guess one thing that helped me feel like, oh, you know, I can do this was like, so I got into woodworking from like Anna White and what really helped me was on her, her website, she has a bunch of reader projects. And so me seeing all these other people that like, you know, aren't her. And a lot of these people were like, yeah, this is my first project and seeing them build these things that gave me the confidence, like, you know, Hey, that's their first thing. And so maybe I can do it too. And so, yeah, just seeing other people do those just starting out, it mm -hmm. kind of like, Hey, I, I feel confident I can do this too. Yeah. Do you, th do you think maybe, uh, uh, Instagram can help provide some of that as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, cause I, I really like, I just, yeah, I like looking at people and the things that they make and it's like, Oh, that it gives me a, like a good sense of inspiration. Like that's really cool. And mm -hmm. I might give that a try sometime. 
Okay. I guess for me, one thing that really helped me get into woodworking was my Craig jig. Because actually that was key for me feeling like, okay, I can, I can build things with this thing. And that, I think that was played a really big role in me feeling confident. I'm like, this tool looks pretty easy. I think I can handle this. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, and a lot of uh, maker moms, especially that I've been talking with, a lot of them got started with, uh, you know, an Anna White plan. Um, and most of her plans, you know, use or incorporate the use of the Craig jig. And um, I do think that's key. I think it's key maybe to start with something that I don't want to say it's impossible to mess up, but it's harder to mess up with. So you yeah. can gain some confidence yeah. before moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Yep, absolutely. Well, how can people uh, find out more about you? Where can they uh, follow along with your making journey? Um, so like most of what I do, I post on my Instagram page, um, which is Handmade with Ashley. But on Twitter, I, I, I use that too. And I'm just Handmade with Ash on there. Although Twitter, I mostly share my 3D printing. <laughs> and, uh, and I also have a blog that I update semi often, um, which is handmadewithashley.com. And that's where I usually post my tutorials. Um, but yeah. Uh, and I'm also on YouTube with the same handle. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Okay, awesome. Well, I will definitely make sure like all of that is included in the show notes. So everybody can find you and follow along. Do you have any um, What's your next like upcoming project you have once you get done with uh, your 3D Christmas present that you're printing? Um, so earlier this year, I won an X card and I haven't built it yet. And so my my big big goal is to finally build that so I can actually start using it. And um, one of the prerequisites is me building a table for it. So me assembling it and building a table for it. Those are like my next big goals. And then hopefully I'll start, I'll have another robot friend. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> That's, you know, I do think um, your, I, I don't want to say eagerness or willingness, but kind of along those lines to work with some of the more automated tools is probably due in part to your background with the gaming and the software engineering. I think they make you a little bit more prone to approach those, which is good, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, well, awesome. I look forward to uh, seeing those things uh, show up in your shop um, and see what you create from them. And thank you again for uh, taking time to talk with me today. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. What a fun interview with Ashley from Handmade with Ashley. I really enjoy talking about aspects of making that I personally haven't gotten into, and I'm going to throw in there a yet because I hope that those things are in my future. But it was really fun to talk with somebody um, who has maybe a different background uh, than some of the other maker moms that I've talked to already on the show. So really great talking with her and you can find out all the information on how to follow her in the show notes. 
Again, you can visit www.makermompodcast.com. Now, I do want to throw in there that if you go to that link, it will direct you to the Freeman Furnishings uh, website. All you have to do on Freeman Furnishings homepage is hit podcast, and that will take you directly to all of the show notes. Uh, This is just a minor workaround until I uh, get up the Maker Mom podcast website its own solo website up and running, which is definitely on the list for 2019. And again, don't forget if you want to have your very own shout out at the beginning of the episode of Maker Mom Podcast, go ahead and check out Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Maker Mom Podcast and join the Maker Mom tribe. All right, until next week, I will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.